Thank you for tuning in to our podcast recorded live each week. Now sit back and enjoy the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoor Show. Tighten your life vests, wrap into your tree stand, and get ready for the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoors. Your source for outdoor information, education, and entertainment. Now, here are your hosts, Tony Sanders and Rob Pratula. Good morning, everybody. Except for my buddy Rob, who is not with me. I'm going to pick on him all day, especially after his Facebook post last night, which said that obviously nobody in here will be able to answer a fishing question. I'll answer one, whether it's right or wrong, doesn't matter. I'll answer You'll just have to take your advice for what it's worth. Or option B is if you call in and stump me, I will give you Rob's cell phone number. You can call him right now and solve that problem. Now, Rob is uh, out somewhere in the woods of East Tennessee fishing, and uh, I'm not sure exactly where he's at, but I'm not supposed well, it's to up tell. Well, it's up there. You go up to Bristol and hang a right, and if you go to Mountain City, you've done gone too far. Okay. That's about as close as you're going to get it. That's right. I don't want a bunch of yuppie yahoos up there. Man Ruin it for everybody. Wearing. Essential oils dropping all over the place. And <laughs> no. uh, that voice you hear is the one and only Beaver Man. Normally you hear him about three minutes on the show. Now you're going to get to hear him for two hours on the show. Thank, so you, thank you very much. Too. The other two people sitting in here uh, to my right is Keith Watson. Good morning, the, Tony. In the blue shirt. I believe, and uh, don't don't mess with me with colors. Uh, and then the other person is the infamous Don Osi. Good morning. How are you? I'm swell. So if you saw my Facebook post last night uh, or yesterday, uh, I was kind of impressed, guys. There are five people in Hamilton County that have done what you've done. That includes you, Keith. There's only four listed. There are five people in this county that have gotten the World Slam of Turkeys. And that is the Eastern Osceola. Or Florida. The Goulds. Mm-hmm. Or no, that's the ones in, you just got. Yep. What's the, what's the other four here? The Merriams. Merriams. And the Rio Grande. Okay, so the Rio, Merriams, Os- Osceola. Osceola. Oscillated is what I Osceola. And the Eastern. And the Eastern. That gives you your Grand Slam. That's your Grand Slam, which is the U.S. Yep. And then and, the Gould will give you your Royal Slam. All right. And, and then that's, the Oscillated that is, is your World oh, Slam. okay. So I, Oscillated was right. Yep. So the Goulds is which one? The Central America or Mexico? No, that's Mexico. Mexico. Okay. In the mountains of Mexico. Turns out, correct me if I'm wrong, Don, but there are <clears throat> two species of turkey. There's a wild turkey and there's an Oscillated and uh, that's why the oscillated looks a little different. looks kind of like my wife calls it a peacock turkey. Mm-hmm. And there's five subspecies of the wild turkey, and those give you your royal slam. So along with the royal slam, the five subspecies, and you get the other species, the oscillated, and that gives you your world slam. That, um, Is that correct? That's correct. So there's not a lot of people that's done it. You know how many people have done it in, in the state of Tennessee? Mm-hmm. According to NWTF. 25. Wow. Out of 7.5 million people? Surely there's other people that have done it and just haven't recorded it. Why? Why would they? I don't 
know. I'm sure there are. I'm sure there are some people out there that hasn't recorded it. Probably not many, but but why, if you go to if you if you specifically do that, you understand what you're doing, and you're probably going to record it. I would think. Yeah. I would think so. Uh, so I would say the large majority of people do. So we just wrapped up our turkey season here in in uh, in Tennessee, and uh, so we're going to talk turkeys today. Might as well. I think it'll be fun. You know, out in the woods, it's the only time I can get you in here. Is That's when right. You're, when you're not hunting. So how was your turkey season this this year, local? I know yours was good. We'll get to yours in a minute. Uh, mine was entertaining. Um, yeah. We we shot a bird um, the weekend before the season was out that still had nine hens with him. I was fortunate enough to be able to watch him in the tree at 40 yards, and he, the hens just surrounded him. They were just all around him. Uh, That's every every male's dream, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, he went to bed with him. He got up with him. Um, he was the pimp daddy. He was the one. He was the Mac daddy. Um, had three. I take a lot of people, and uh, I had three opportunities that were blown for various reasons. Uh, one gentleman thought the tom, uh, the hen was the tom, and uh, the other guy brought his gun up and was a little nervous to shoot. You know, just different things like that. But uh, for us, the turkeys gobbled great. Uh, but they had hens with them. They still have hens with them. As of this past Wednesday, they've still got hens. You know, the thing of it is you should have worn them out by dragging them over the hill and through the ant hills <laughs> and through the briars, and and then there wouldn't have been any nervousness because you're true. too tired. That's true. That, that's the one I remember. <laughs> well, I'm not sure that that's the way they all go, but that's the one I remember. So what's happened, one guy uh, on our way up the mountain, he said, we're not going to walk far, are we? I said, well, it depends just depends on where he's at and fortunately he was on the same ridge we were and he wasn't up for walking at all so we didn't do much so it was entertaining i remember you took rob um <laughs> and, yeah. and and according to him you guys hiked like 38 miles that day <laughs> yeah that was um that was an entertaining day the turkey was on the other ridge you know you got across the gulf to get there and which uh, which is is down and that, up, right? That's straight down and straight up. He actually asked me, uh, we heard the turkey goblin. He said, where is he? And I pointed. I said, he's over there. He said, what does that mean? I said, that means we're going over there. And he said, okay. Well, when we went over, you know, we dropped down and went up the other side, we were good. But when we had to come back, because we lost that one and got on another one on the very side we started from, that's when it got a little tough. It was he, a good day. How was yours? I didn't get to do a, a lot of hunting. I had a lot of things to do, so uh, got two birds. Uh, no interesting stories. Uh, uh, a lot of mornings out not seeing or hearing anything. So uh, it was not my best season, but uh, it wasn't my worst either. Well, how, it was a pretty good season. I mean, you may have had to. You well, know, fly a few thousand miles to do it, but well, you said locally. <laughs> okay, I did. That. You're right. You're right. So, uh, all right. So we have six birds to talk about. Now I want to do a little bit different. Everybody, I mean, Don, you've been here before. Yes, sir. Uh, Keith, you've been here also, but never with the World Slam. I want to talk about some of the peculiarities of the sl- the hunts. You know, what made you know what what do you remember most about whichever one? I know Don, you brought your turkey call with you. I did. Uh, that's going to be fun. Um, I wish we had, uh, Rob here to, uh, to, you know, 
mouth call back so right, he, he can right. answer your sure you're your, your calling but i i do want to kind of talk more about just the uniqueness of of the different birds and and what you guys experience and with both of you in here you're going to have both have different experiences sure uh and it, it's funny you brought your 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 five gallon water jug in mm-hmm. here which is what you use to get your oscillated oscillated mm-hmm. and and when you got your oscillated you made the comment in your post on Facebook that all jugs were safer or you yeah. whatever. Yeah. So yeah. I <laughs> thought that was pretty funny as well, making reference cause, uh, to, to I've Don's. Heard, I have heard Don's story before about that, and, and once I got there and heard those birds, I was like, yep, that's I it. Can, I can understand why that's true. So uh, so that's kind of the approach I want to take. Let's do with the Eastern, since that's what everybody here knows, and we've got just a few minutes before the first break. Don, you said, and this is what makes me feel really good about my Eastern, you said that's the toughest one. Hands down. Hands why is, down. Why is that? Um, you know, I, I don't know. The um, I, I, I think Keith will tell you the Rio Grands and the Merriams, they gobble all day. You can chase, I mean, you can miss four or five birds in some areas and still get on more. Uh, but the Easterns here, they have a tendency, they'll gobble great from the roost. They fly down and they're done. Uh, and there's only a four or five day window there where. Uh, it's almost like when uh, deer go into rut, when the toms lose their hens and they go to sitting, uh, the toms become more active and aggressive. They're they're trying to find hens. In the area that we are here in East Tennessee, I don't know that throughout the season that that really happens for the most part. Um, I think these toms have hens with them all the time. Uh, I made a comment just a minute ago. I've got two toms and two hens in my yard now. They were fighting yesterday, still fighting. You know, that that's supposed to have been done a month ago. Um, I, I've, I've said it before, and I've said it many times. If you can kill an Eastern, you can kill them all. I think you can kill any one of them. Um, I, I just think these birds, especially in East Tennessee, uh, present some challenges that the others don't. Part of it's the terrain. You know, they have no problem going up and down a ridge at all. Uh, they have no problem... On the particular property I hunt, there could be eight or nine ridges, and they'll go over every one of them twice. So, you know, you got to get out where they want to go, and, and when you got eight or ten options, that's hard to pick sometimes. Keith, what's your thoughts? I would probably agree that the eastern is the toughest uh, for a lot of those same reasons. Um, and I've often said if I could think like a turkey, I wouldn't be working for a living. Uh, I'd be a turkey guide of high fame absolutely you know, uh it's hard to think like a turkey as soon as you think you have them figured out gosh they go do something else uh we were talking before the show just briefly i read an article not too long ago and turkey hunting is one of the few sports hunting sports where most of the stories end in failure and with the eastern that's particularly true uh gosh i'd say 80 percent of my hunts end in failure mm-hmm. maybe more well, I know. I remember the first time I ever went turkey hunting, uh, and I never turkey hunted, so it's kind of the, I just never did it, and so I didn't know anything about it. And uh, Kevin Manning took me mm-hmm. up, turned out right across from where your lease is, That's right. right on the on the WMA side That's of it. That's right. And and I'll never forget that when he hit the the call the first time, and I mean they just exploded all the way around mm-hmm. us. That was the most thrilling thing. And then of course I never saw one. Right. And, uh, but that was so amazing to me to be sitting there and, and listening to that. 
woods erupt yes with with goblins so it's funny i was out walking my dog tuesday morning uh and i kept hearing something and and about two i kept hearing what i think was a hen Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden i hear the gobble explode and uh so i ran inside the only call i knew where it was was one that first call that Jeff McCamey made for yes. WTF that I won. Yes. The very first one that he ever donated. Yep. Uh was it's sitting in my office on my bookshelf. And I went in and grabbed that uh, and it's a little box call that that mm-hmm. he made. And I went back out in the yard and started calling to that turkey. And, of course, every time I'd call, he would hit it. And I was like, this is so cool. Absolutely. And, uh, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It wasn't wasn't Monday because it was still turkey season because I was thinking, am I going to shoot him if he comes into my yard? (laughs) That's what it was. I was sitting there thinking, am I going to shoot him? And I'm like, yes, I am. (laughs) I'll deal with the neighbors later. (laughs) But I was, I was, that was, that was pretty cool. And uh, he never came over, but. I I went back and forth with him for probably 20 minutes. It was so much fun. That's good stuff. All right, J.D., let's go pay a bill, and when we come back, we'll get into wherever we want to go. We're going to go to Florida. We're going to go to the Midwest or Texas. I'm riding with Keith. Let's go to to Texas. Let's go to Texas. When we come back, we'll be talking some Texas turkey. We'll be right back. There's a chill in the air. Campfires are burning. We're gathered round in chairs. If you need any outdoor supplies, there's only one place to go, Sportsman's Warehouse. They have all the equipment you need, as well as a friendly, knowledgeable staff to assist you. If you want a firearm, then check out the thousands of guns they have on the shelf. If you don't see one you want, go to sportsmanswarehouse.com. Choose from over 6,700 models they have, and they will ship it directly to the store. Everyday low prices, no shipping charges, and no processing fees. Sportsman's Warehouse, the great indoors for those who love the great outdoors. Highway 153 and Lee Highway. Attention landscapers and lawn care specialists. Your customers want a green, healthy lawn, right? Are the products you're using getting the job done? Beatty Fertilizer in Cleveland specializes in customized fertilizer blends that will have your customers' lawns looking like a golf course fairway. The pros at Beatty Fertilizer in Cleveland are the experts in lawn care. So when you choose Beatty Fertilizer products, your customers and your competition will take notice. Guaranteed. Beatty Fertilizer, 472-5491, 472-5491, or online at BeattyFertilizer.com. If you're looking to target your product or service to the outdoor community, Tony Sanders Outdoors can help. Nearly one-third of the radios are tuned to Tony Sanders Outdoors on Saturday mornings from 5 to 7 a.m. Whether it's a recorded commercial, live reads, remote broadcast, or product endorsements, Tony and Rob can help. Give us a call at 423-280-3677 to discuss your advertising needs. Tony Sanders Outdoors, your outdoor advertising solution. 423-280-3677. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors, talking a little turkey today. I'm going to ask you guys, too, what your your thoughts are on uh, turkeys in Tennessee. I was talking to Don the other day and um, we've been getting worn out at the TWRA about uh, turkey populations and stuff and we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, All right, so Keith decided we're going to Texas. Don, you're going to get to decide the next trip we take. That'd be fine. All right, so Texas is the Rio, correct? Texas is the Rio. Uh, That was the the reason I chose Texas, because it's kind of the chronological order for me, that was the second bird 
that I ever took. Um, that was kind of new in my turkey hunting career. Uh, I'd killed a few Easterns, uh, but I didn't consider myself an accomplished turkey hunter at all. Still don't. Uh, those birds will get you. Um, so we drove down there with some buddies, uh, and uh, I remember going to bed in a bunkhouse not too far off of a two-lane road. And I guess the uh, it must have been during calf transport season or something. So there's a lot of uh, cattle trucks, you know, the double-decker cattle trucks going up and down the road. And then this little gorge near the uh, the bunkhouse, <coughs> there was a little valley, and these guys would hit their uh, compression brakes as they went down in that valley. <laughs> and there was a, a tree there, must have been full of gobblers. And those things would gobble all night long every time that truck would <laughs> and those birds would gobble, 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 gobble. Kept me awake all night <laughs> listening to those birds gobble. <laughs> what a problem. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think I killed one the next day. I mean, it was... Uh, oh, did you just go sit under the tree? I mean, Well, not too far away from the tree, actually, and uh, between the tree and a pond. And uh, actually sat there and, and called a little bit, and they gobbled and walked up and we shot one uh, it was it was that easy and i'm like well these birds are just crazy they're not very smart and uh, of course that's not always the case i've had <laughs> hunts where i'd go three days and not kill one out there so uh do you have any kind of similar experience don somewhat um i shot my rio in uh, amarillo texas uh, i actually had a guy uh buy a hunt at the nwtf convention a guided hunt and uh, he asked me to go with him so I went out there, and I felt obligated, you know, since he had asked me to make sure that he had got a bird, and um, he did. We were hunting with um, a lady named Susie Brewster, who was a um, lobbyist in Washington. Her husband was a congressman out of Oklahoma, and she and I were paired together, and she went. She and I went out one morning. We called in six or seven toms, but we got to talking and uh, when her husband was in Congress flying back home from Washington, uh, the plane that had their three children went down, and they died. And it was several days before they found them. She and I are sitting on this cottonwood tree, and she's telling me the story. And I'd lost my brother in a car wreck, you know, years ago, and uh, we're just having one of them moments, and uh, these toms get into 20, 30 yards, and she's telling me to get my gun up, and I told her I could care less. I wanted to hear the story. So she goes on to tell me the story and how they found them several days later, and she went through that whole ordeal, and, and there's Toms are just right there. All I got to do is pull the gun up. So that was my opportunity. So the next day we go out, never heard a bird. The last day. You're, st you're still hunting with her? Still hunting with her. Uh, the last day uh, I had to catch a plane at 1, 2 o'clock and uh they were they were bent the whole entire group that was there was bent on me getting a bird uh so we went out and uh similar to what carter was saying they found a bird down in this canyon they radioed in one of the cattlemen uh, that he had raised cattle we we're right on the edge of the paladura canyon and they said there was one down in there and he was gobbling so they took me out there dropped me off and said we'll come back and get you I said okay so sure enough, I sat down, and I started calling, and sure enough, here he came. I shot the bird. Uh, I guess they heard me or whatever because they were there within about 15 minutes. I had my camouflage on. 
and I've got to get to the airport. I go to the airport in my camouflage with this turkey wrapped up in paper and a trash bag. I kid you not. I got my bag. They had all my stuff in the in the Suburban. We get to the airport. They let me out. I walk in, and uh, the lady there at security said, do I even want to ask? And I said, no, ma'am, you don't. <laughs> so I checked my bag in. I took that turkey on the plane and put it overhead and brought it home. Couldn't do that today, but I did it then. So that was... Uh, was the turkey still gobbling? No, he was he was done. <laughs> oh. He was done. Had him folded up just like Shane Smith told me to, you know, stick the head under the wing, and I did. Now, do you have all six of, of yours taxidermy mounted? Yes. Yeah, I've got them all mounted. Gotcha. Keith, you? No, I don't. Um, and I'm not sure if I will. I've got the tail fans. Right. Um, so I, I've i got both of the, the birds from Mexico and I'll probably have both of those mounted. Yeah, they're they're so, very pretty birds. Yeah, so I could, uh, yeah. you know, I could go back and and uh, get the others. Yeah. Did either one of you start out to get the World Slam? I didn't. I um, I wanted to get my Grand Slam. Okay. Which are the four U.S. birds? The four U.S. birds. I, that was my goal. And then uh, when I got to that. Um, Again, Shane Smith provided the opportunity. Uh, I actually shot my oscillated before my Gould. Uh, so when I shot the oscillated, I decided uh, I was going to go after it. And uh, it was just a, a couple things that kind of aligned uh, that happened there. I think I told you a story about a friend of mine, Jim Parker, and the turkey call and all that. Right. And that's what prompted that. But I never I never set out initially saying I'm going after the World Slam. Um you know, when you think about it, you talk about the few people that have done it. You you have to go to these places. You have to be successful in three days. I mean, when you think about the time that it takes to go to these different, you know, states or whatever to pull it off, you know, especially when, like Keith was talking about, the failure, it's more failure than it is success. For you to be able to go to those states, have success, and do it six times, five times, it, it's uh, it's pretty challenging. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, no, there's no doubt. Yeah, it's and I, I <clears throat> kind of the same way. I got my isolated uh, before the uh, the ghouls, uh, but it's on the same trip. Um, I got a call from actually a Facebook post, I guess, from a buddy of mine that was the outfitter for my Rio hunt, my first Rio hunt. Mm -hmm. So I've known this guy since the Rio days, and uh, he had a deal. Uh, I'm not sure all the logistics, but they were going to go on a turkey hunt to Mexico and try to get both turkeys in one trip. So the idea was we were going to fly in to the Yucatan, hunt there for four days, and then grab an internal flight, go over to the Rocky Mountains and hunt for three days there, and then come home. And I remember talking to Tony. I said, well, you know, my odds are not all that great of right. getting both of right. those hunts in one trip, but I'm going to try it. You know, I'm going to go for it. And was fortunate. <clears throat> So um, I'm kind of like you. I didn't start out with a World Slam. And and maybe after the Rio, I thought, well, you know, that'd be kind of cool to get the, the Grand Slam. And and after, uh, we'll talk more about the Merriams, but after that, my experience with the Merriams, I was dead determined I was <laughs> going to get the Grand Slam. And once I got that, then 
uh, I'd started looking down in Mexico, and, and then this guy comes up with this deal, and I thought about it overnight and, and pulled the trigger and went. So it was almost a spur-of-the-moment trip to go down there, but something I'd been thinking about. Now, have you got more than one Rigo? I don't know how many, several. Okay, you? Mm-mm. Just one. Just one? Mm-hmm. I'm not even going to ask about it. You don't even hunt Eastern anymore. I mean, you don't eat the same thing on Eastern. You got a bunch. Uh, yeah, I don't yeah. have many Eastern. Okay. I'm sorry. A little box full of beards. <laughs> so, we've been to Texas and we've got the Eastern. Where are we going when we come back from this break? Let's go to Florida. Going to Florida. That's pretty entertaining. Crocodiles, yeah. alligators. I'm already sweating. Let's go. <laughs> Lots of Floridians. <laughs> Lots of Floridians, yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. All right. that, that'll tie in real good. All right, so we, we've we got two birds in the bag. Two down. Yep. Four to go. Four to go. And luckily four segments left in the show. There you go. I mean, that's the, see how this works out. This this yeah. is this is the the coolness of live radio. If you want to be part of the show, give us a call, 267-1023, 267-1023. Carter, you can talk down there. You're not prohibited. I'm just enjoying the show here, man. Okay. This is great. Uh, I know you and I, are, are we hunt at turkeys more than hunt turkeys. This is true. Springtime, work season, and turkey season. Same with, for me. Just don't jive. Being a CPA in turkey season is not that good. So, all right, we'll be right back. Well, every spring for five long years I've been chasing down the same long beard as get up early. Are you a member of the National Rifle Association? If not, why? No other organization in this country fights for your rights like the NRA. In the current environment, our rights under the Second Amendment are being attacked every day. While we in the South may feel comfortable, that is not the case all across America. The NRA is taking up the fight for you, and you need to be a part. Join the over 5 million men, women, and children who are members of the NRA. Go to TonySandersOutdoors.com and click on the Join NRA link. Don't wait too late. Like a good neighbor is not just a saying. It exactly describes my friend, Rodney Allen. For nearly 20 years, my family has relied on Rodney for all of our insurance needs. He's been there when my kids were learning to drive, when my wife had been hit by a few deer, and when I needed life insurance to protect my family, as well as when my grandson was born. As you can see, he's not just our agent. He's part of our life. Rodney Allen, 423-847-3881. Like a good friend, Rodney will be there for your family too. 423-847-3881. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors. If you haven't been listening to the first part of the show, you don't know that we are turkey hunting all over the world, or at least the this hemisphere. Are there turkeys in Africa? No. Was, I no. Just, no, not in no. the hemisphere. Are there all the, turkeys all the in turkeys Europe? Are here. All the, they're all here. It's a it's a new world order of mm-hmm. bird. <laughs> but I mean, so there are none in Europe. I didn't even think about that. But now, so there are some in New Zealand. There's Merriams in New Zealand. Okay, they were introduced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they were stocked down there. Mm-hmm. Okay, like and the stag. Right? I think there's right. some in Hawaii, which I don't know if that there is in Hawaii. Yeah, yeah um, you got Merriams in Hawaii because uh, the the Eva. Uh, Shockey was hunting turkeys mm-hmm. in Hawaii yeah. on some TV show a couple of months ago. I, I just walked, flipped there. Yeah. 
So, um, yeah, there's some huge ranch over there that most people go to. Okay. I don't even know what island it's on. I'm not sure that's really hunting, is it? I don't know. Haven't been asked to go there. So you just go to like one of those black sand volcanic beaches and lay out with the native girls? Uh, Maybe. (laughs) Get behind the hulas. (laughs) Hide behind the skirts. (laughs) One of of the guys that uh, was with us in Mexico had, had just recently returned from Hawaii. And the, some of the photos look just like it, you know. Right. You, you, just it's up in the mountains and mm-hmm. trees and brush. And well, and most people it's don't, turkey hunting. Yeah, most people don't think that you know about that. But Hawaii is very mountainous and mm-hmm. jungle, you know, tropical jungle. California is very has a lot of very rugged area. We think about you know what we see all the time, but there's a lot of open hunting land and right. and farmland. You just have to do it with sticks and. And, and rocks they, yeah. since you can't and avoid the fruits and nuts yeah yeah so all right so we're in florida we're we're landing where are we landing at are we in daytona beach daytona beach yes go, i actually go, uh, go for the race and then go hunting right I, well i'd actually went there the year before my daughter was dating uh what is now my son-in-law he was playing baseball down there and from daytona beach to orlando we were driving and i noticed there was a lot of turkeys out in the fields so I decided to go back the next year, and um, I just started knocking on doors to find a place to hunt. I'd see turkeys in a field. I'd go up and ask. I went to this one place. The house sat way off the road. There was two toms and eight or nine hens out in this field over against the wood line. So I drove down the driveway, and I turned around the corner and lay in there in the driveway on one of these chairs but naked, nothing. There was a radio on, and that was it. Was a sixty-something-year-old man, and I pull up. I kid you not. I pull up. I got my window up, and I'm debating if I'm going to ask this man if I can hunt his property. I sat there a minute. And I just didn't know what to think. He was asleep. There and, could be uh, stiff repercussions. repercussions. <laughs> so I just, I just. I hesitated, so I, I decided I wasn't going to do it. So I backed out of there and uh, went across the street. And there was a farmer over there, another cattle farmer, and I asked him. Did he have his clothes on? He had his clothes on and uh, got to talking to him, and I told him about the birds across the street, and he made a reference to that guy. You may not want to go next door. I said, well, I've already been next door. And then we, it, the conversation went on from there that we don't need to carry on on the air. But anyway, I got to hunt his property, and uh, I was with Scott Ridge. And so I did he give you permission because you had been next door? Well, he, I, I think he and I were on the same page as far as my first, you know, perception of that guy. And um, I, I decided I didn't need to go over there to hunt that bird. And fortunately, there was some others on the other side of the road, and I was able to get one. Are they, these are the Osceolas. Osceola, named for Chief Osceola. Yes. And are yeah. they typically longer legged than the eastern? They say they are. I don't know that mine was. Mine was significantly darker. Uh, and when they say darker, the bands on their tail feathers are tighter, so it looks blacker right. than, than the eastern. Uh, you know, typically they have a longer spur. I think mine were an inch and a quarter, but there's guys that say they're inch and a half and things like that. But mine wasn't, um, you know, anything significant. He did have a great beard. 
Uh, he had an 11-inch beard. Um, but uh, when, when he gobbled, it was just a real, real shrill-type gobble. I remember that. And um, I remember Scott Ridge saying, there's no way you're going to kill that bird because he was out in the middle of the field. And we, we just stayed in there with him till he decided to come out. And, and fortunately, we were where he wanted to go, so we were able to get one. Is your squad as entertaining there, Keith? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I can't top that story. <laughs> I can't wait for the break. I really want to hear the I want to hear what he can't say on the air. Uh, yeah, your turn. Okay, I, I'm, I'm just going to tell my story, and it's going to be secondary, okay? It's just not going to be nearly as good as that one. Um. I was at uh, the SCI convention in Vegas in, uh, at a uh, Hunter Defense Fund luncheon, and uh, they were auctioning off a chance to go to uh, Okie Pinokie on an oscillated hunt. And I was sitting there with a buddy, and let's bid on this thing. So we did, and uh, got it for a fraction of what you could buy one on the market mm-hmm. for a, a, a hunt like that. Turns out this guy owns one of the biggest cattle ranches and citrus farms in that part of Florida. Uh, it's not measured in acres. It's measured in square miles. Wow. Huge place. And uh, so we show up, introduce ourselves to us, to him. He throws us the keys to a brand-new side-by-side, says uh, the uh, hunting shack is over there down this road. And we drive up to this. I mean, it's a, it's a, a hunting lodge. Everything's, everything's furnished. I mean, it's gorgeous place. I mean, wow. just, and we had the farm to ourselves except for, uh, what's this singer, uh, John Anderson that sings Just a Swinging. Yes. He was there hunting this same ranch. And, and so we had some, you know, we saw him a time or two, but uh, didn't get to talk with him. But so the, the place wasn't hunted very much. Uh, so we uh kind of checked in got her luggage unpacked put on her camo jumped in the side beside and said let's go scout around see what we can find drove a quarter mile down the road there's some birds out in the field and uh a little uh clump of trees out in the middle of the field so we parked to watch them for a while and when the birds went around the trees we just hightailed it towards the trees uh, kind of crawled through the trees, sat down, and started calling on the other side. And the round they came, and we doubled up, shot two birds. Nice. Hadn't been there an hour, I guess. Wow. And uh, That's a good day. It was a good day. The next morning, we get up. Uh, I'll go ahead and finish this story in one breath. Uh, went to a pond, two birds, crawled up through the trees, called them in, shot two more birds. Within an hour and a half the second day, we were done. Wow. We were ready to pack up and go home. So one of the easiest hunts that I've ever been in. I went down there again the following year on the same hunt, and, and it wasn't quite as good, but still a good hunt. It's amazing the difference between birds that are pressured and the yes, birds that aren't. absolutely. That, that's the moral of the story. Uh, you know, a, a turkey that hadn't been pressured is, is easy to hunt. Uh, they're just, the, their natural defense isn't there? I believe so. I, I believe Just they learned. Larry. Yeah, I believe they learned. Now, the, the, where you were at on this this fancy ranch, what what part of the state was that? It was almost within spitting distance of Okeechobee, um, Okeechobee Lake. I, okay. I said Okeechobee. It was Okeechobee. 
I misspoke. Kind of south. So you're eastern. way down there then. Yeah. Yeah, way south. Yeah, it's a little town. I think there's a town, Okeechobee, which is just on the north side of the lake. Yeah. And we were right there, just just two miles out of town. You seen any of them big old lizards down there while you were hunting? Didn't see any lizards. No. Gators and all. Saw a gator. Yeah. God. My my grandmother's from South Florida and we used to get to go fishing in my uncle's pond. And we had to take we couldn't drive, but we could take the riding mower. And so we'd go down and we'd have to mow around the pond to scare all the gators back off into the little island in the middle. Then we'd fish. Is that just gators are just big lizards. Oh, that's what you're talking about, the big lizards. Yeah, yeah they, they won't Real big you. lizards. Yeah. With teeth. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I saw a, a, a big old king snake or black racer. I mean, it was just, it looked like a black fire hose all over the, the ground with about a foot and a half of gator tail disappearing down its mouth. So we like snakes. We like snakes, yeah. We don't we don't harm snakes. So your was that your easiest of the six? I would say it would have to be the easiest of the six. And I because I know your your um Miriam. No, not Well Miriam, yeah. That was your hard that's your hardest and your which one's your hardest and your easiest? Well that would be the Miriam. Okay, so the Miriam so Do I get to choose where we go next? Yeah, you, it's your choice where we're going. Are we done with Florida yet? Though? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to know if I, until we go off air. Yeah, I don't uh, really know if I want to hear more. Now, just out of curiosity, have you got more than one Osceola? No. Well, I haven't, but I've taken several sure. people that have. Yeah, you're going to take me, too. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure you I'm ought going. to go. I want to go to your place. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I don't know if the guy still does that or not. haven't been out to the convention in a while, but uh, that's a heck of a place. Um, uh, now, have you ever gotten more than the two Osceolas? Yes, I went back the following okay. year and got. Uh, oh, that's right, you did say you went. Got, back. Yeah, I, I can't remember if I got three or I think I got three more than the following year. Interesting. And I took Derek three years ago, and he shot two with one shot, which was great until you had to pay for it because it was five hundred dollars a bird. Oh, like got a little pricey, but. What do you do? He had been there twice. Uh, we had went there the year before. He shot at a bird the morning that morning and missed. Got on another one at 6.30 that evening and missed. And at 10 minutes to 7, we were on our way back home from Orlando and drove straight back. That was a long day. Did um, Were you at a, a place where you were uh, like a, a hunt that you had bought? I was actually hunt, one, I was one. hunting with an outfitter, okay. a guy named James Evan. He is a well driller, and he has multiple properties, small parcels, 30 acres, 100 acres, and uh, he just knows the birds real well. And um, I'd sent several people down there, and he would just take us out and say, all right, Don, they're going to be here. They're going to be roosting here. Here's what they're going to do. And then we would hunt and then call him, you know, after and when we missed the first one. Uh, he asked me what happened, and Derek just got excited and didn't put his head down on the gun and shot right over it. We went out that evening. Uh, I don't know what happened, uh, but we had drove down Friday night. We drove all night, got there that morning. He missed that morning. He missed that evening, and we drove straight back home. That was a long day. <laughs> that was a long drive if he missed, too. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Wow. So where are we going next? And it will, just for everybody listening, it won't be till we come back from the top of the hour, but we'll let people know. 
We, we got to stay in the U.S. Yeah, I, I think so. So I think we've got one place left. Okay. And that's Amerian. There All you right. go. Yeah. Where'd you get yours? Wyoming. Inning, South Dakota. All right. So we're going to the Midwest when we come back. At the top of the hour, anyway. Tony Sanders Outdoors will be right back. Sportsman's Warehouse is the perfect place to shop for all your outdoor equipment. No matter the season, Sportsman's Warehouse friendly staff and knowledgeable experts can assist you in finding what you need for your adventure. If you're a hunter, angler, boater, hiker, camper, or need clothing or shoes, Sportsman's Warehouse has just what you need. If you're looking for a firearm, Sportsman's Warehouse has over a 1,000 guns in the store. Now, if you don't see one you want, you can go to sportsmanswarehouse.com and select from over 6,700 guns offered online. Then you can have it shipped directly to the store, everyday low prices, no shipping charges, and no processing fees. Don't forget to sign up and register for the Sportsman's Warehouse loyalty card. This will give you points towards gift cards and special promotions, as well as keeping you informed of upcoming events. Be sure to like them on Facebook for prizes, promotions, as well as things happening at the store. The place to shop for all your outdoor needs. Sportsman's Warehouse, the great indoors for those who love the great outdoors. Highway 153 and Lee Highway. Attention landscapers and lawn care specialists. Your customers want a green, healthy lawn, right? Are the products you're using getting the job done? Beatty Fertilizer in Cleveland specializes in customized fertilizer blends that will have your customers' lawns looking like a golf course fairway. The pros at Beatty Fertilizer in Cleveland are the experts in lawn care. So when you choose Beatty Fertilizer products, your customers and your competition will take notice. Guaranteed. Beatty Fertilizer, 472-5491. 472-5491 or online at BeattyFertilizer.com. All right, welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors, wrapping up the first hour. It has been fun. We have been to Texas. We've been to Florida. We've been here in the East Coast. And uh, we're we're headed to uh, the Midwest when we come back at the top of the hour. Was at a a company outing yesterday, and I'm the only one that got this question. I'll ask you guys. What is the one villain? It's not my word. This is what is a one villain in a Disney movie that is never seen on camera. What is the No, it's a serious question. This was a, this is a trivia question that we uh nobody likes dead air, of course. That's right. On radio. I'm paying for it. The um good question. I'm not as up on my my Disney w- movies as maybe I should be or <laughs> Well, yeah. used to be. I'm lost. Yeah. I'm lost, too. I'm... <clears throat> well, the answer was, and I was the only one out of 30 people that got this, the hunter in the movie Bambi. Ah. Never seen on screen, just makes a shot. Hmm. And so my 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 guys that are there, they, they said, I can't believe you called a hunter a villain. I said, I didn't. Disney did. You know, I... And I I, I said, this is the exact reason my grandson has never seen the movie Bambi. I watched, I I had never seen Bambi, or maybe I don't remember it as a kid, but we had the the VCR, and my son was about three or four years old, and I'm going to introduce my son to hunting. You know, I'm going to show him Bambi. So we watched this Bambi movie, 
And I sat there gritting my teeth. When the movie was over and everything was done, I took that VCR and just crushed it up and tossed it in the trash. I said, we'll never watch that again. The uh, Fox and the Hound is the same way. The hunter is the bad guy in that, but he appears on them. He, he appears. Because I, I, I reacted to that with my grandson sitting in my lap, and I'm wanting to shoot the TV. Yeah. I'm so angry yeah. uh, that they've made Hunters the villain in that show. I've been trying to find some old Elmer Fudd and Daffy Duck uh, cartoons because there's several where Elmer is hunting ducks. Right. Um, I'd mentioned that to him the other Wabbit day. Season. Fun. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, yeah, that was... If I had known which anniversary was the crystal, we would have won. Because <laughs> we had kind of a, a Jeopardy moment at the end. We were we were way ahead, with especially with the Hunter question. Uh, we were way ahead, and we bet it all on the final question and mm. was wrong. So, mm. Well, what's the correct answer? To what? The crystal anniversary. It's the 15th. The 15th. Yeah. yeah. They gave us five things, and you had to put them in order. Uh-huh. Um. Let's see, what was it? Crystal anniversary. How many pints of blood in a human body? Current president. Uh, length of a marathon, which, Don, you know real well, right? I got it. <laughs> and then um, where somebody ranks on the Fortune 500. And so you had to kind of an order, and we flipped blood and crystal. Because I was thinking it was five. I knew it was eight or nine pints of blood. And I was thinking Crystal was five, and it's actually 15. I, I didn't take my – we just had our 15th anniversary. I didn't take her to Crystal. We went out to uh, the Big Chill <laughs> instead because it's one of our favorite restaurants. I understand. I understand. That's, that was a if good If I'd movie. known it was supposed to be Crystal, then we would have been easier. Right. Right. And cheaper. Yeah, it was Crystal. But the service is not nearly as good as it is at the Big Chill <laughs> on the North Shore. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. They don't advertise on my show. Don't don't plug them in. But hey, we love them. They're great. The well, service is awesome. <laughs> Food is good. Maybe well, they could advertise. Good for you. Good for you. Hey, we've got uh, a banquet coming up. Believe it or not, on uh, the first of June, that would be the Rocky Mountain Elk banquets coming up, and it's going to be happening at the Shrine Temple out in East Brainerd. So hope everybody can make it out there. They uh, always do a good job. A lot of fun, and. Uh, Hope to have a good time out there. And then uh, what else? Rob and I will be emceeing a fishing tournament on Monday. We love doing this. This is our third year in a row that we've done this at the uh, emergency responders. First responders, they have a fishing tournament on uh, when, during emergency res- first responders week. I'm not sure exactly what the proper term is. And love going out there and, and, and working with those guys. So we'll be out there. Chester Frost Park at 3 o'clock at the weigh-in and be having a good time. You're assuming Rob's coming back. He said he would be back. He may have just gone feral. He may he, have. He may be roaming the mountains just, just stabbing fish with a sharp stick and roasting them over open coals. And, you know, he's he's out there doing. Yeah, maybe he'll grow a beard, too. Yeah, it's what everybody keeps trying to to, to say, and except for his wife. She's, she's not too fond of it. So. All right, first hour is in a can. When we come back, we'll be heading to the Midwest to work on the Miriams. Tony Sanders Outdoors will be right back. Don't stop that podcast now. That's only one half of the show. 
We'll be right back with the second half of Tony Sanders Outdoors. Tighten your life vests, wrap into your tree stand, and get ready for the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoors. Your source for outdoor information, education, and entertainment. Now, here are your hosts, Tony Sanders and Rob Pratula. Well, I went ahead and pushed his button so Rob Pratula could actually be here. Good morning, Robert. Good morning, Tony. How are y'all? We're good. How's fishing? Fishing is good. Fishing is real good. Been catching them up and uh, been driving all over the place. Wading streams I probably shouldn't be wading in. So, why are you poaching? Real good. Yeah. Are, are you no, are no, you legal? No. Oh yeah, I'm totally legal. It's just uh, questionable footing in a few of these uh, uh, streams, and uh, I've been using my wading staff to keep myself as upright. You, wait, as you have a can. staff that you take with you? That sounds very. <laughs> yes, my staff. <laughs> We just heard about. How, how do I get a job be doing that? We just heard about staff. a staff down in Florida too, didn't we? You sure did. <laughs> so how's the Rob and Rob show going? The Rob and Rob show continues. Uh, Rob is heading back to uh, Banner Elk uh, today, and then he's going to be heading back to New York, I think, on Monday. Um, I'm going to be heading back Sunday, and I'm going to be out with Tony for the EMS tournament on Monday. Yeah, we, we were contemplating whether you had possibly gone feral or something up in the mountains and just yeah, um, Lord I, of the Flies. I yeah, that thing. Yeah, I haven't quite gotten my beard out to Rob yet, but I'm thinking by the time I get home Monday, it, it'll be good. Well, you need a beard like Rob Jeeves. So, so how many more Robs and Bobs are there up there? There's like a whole peck of them there at yeah, this Yeah, well, PFF. yesterday we had uh, Bob Thomas. Myself, Rob Jeeves, and another Bob all sitting under one tent, and somebody hollered, hey, Rob, and we all kind of, like, you know, turned our heads. <laughs> so, and then there was two Johns that under the tent at the same time, uh, John Kilday and John Thomas. So <laughs> there were two Johns, and we, we kind of made a rule that if you weren't named, you know, Bob, Rob, or some derivation thereof, or John, well, you know, this is our little cluster group. Just to go ahead and give you the big head, just save you having to come up with this on your own. You know, I had to bring three people in to replace you in here today, so, uh, you yeah, know. Yeah, I heard that. <laughs> Saw that. How you doing, Keith? Doing great. Have How fun doing, fishing. Don? I'm good. How are you? Uh, doing good. Doing good. Good. How's that then, new uh, tent you will, got at Sportsman's Warehouse? I will tell you what flies have been working. Uh, the flies that have been working have been uh, a lot of pheasant tails, uh, and I've been using a turkey tail emerger, so... Aha. So swinging it? Throwing a lot of drive. Uh, been throwing a lot of drive, been high sticking drive. Yeah. Is the, is the green drake hatch happening up there on the beaver dam? A little bit, not much. We've seen one or two, mainly sulfurs and uh, Hendrickson's. Right on. That's the, the super special fly. These, these things are about the size of a, of a bat. So, how's that tent doing in the rain that you got at Sportsman's Warehouse? Awesome! I am high and dry and comfy, cozy. Good. Uh, the only the only issue I had is I, I brought a I brought a, a kind of a fleece jacket thing, and I should have brought it like a puff jacket because it was thirty five degrees the other day in Banner Elk when we woke up in the morning. It was brisk. Yeah, standing in cold water that'd get your attention. Well, and the, yeah, we were wet waiting too. So, sure. 
How many um, how, how many times has it rained on you? Once. Yesterday we had monsoon from about uh, 11.40 till uh, probably 12.30 for about an hour. It, it came down heavy. And is that all? It, Everything's cleared up and nice now. See, this is this is the PFF for everybody who doesn't know the Psycho Fly Fishers, a convention of miscreants and others up in the mountains. And uh, this farmer lets us camp out in his field. We're the only group once per year, and the only reason he lets us come is because they bring the rain. Um, it's been dry <laughs> for two or three weeks up there. He's planted his crops, and he knows if we come out there, it's going to rain. And unfortunately, the we this time is doesn't include me, so I have to live vicariously through Rob. Everybody's been asking about you, Carter. Saying, how'd you get rid of that big fat jerk <laughs> that no, you brought last no, year, Rob? Everybody's been asking, how's Carter doing? How's he doing? So I've been relaying the stories of uh, having out work and all that other stuff. So. Yeah, well, that's just kind of part of it. Well, yep. I hope you uh, and the rest of the, the Psycho Fly Fishermen have a good time and uh, look forward to hearing stories about it next week. All righty, sir. All right, man. Y'all have a great day. Be careful. See you, Rob. Bye-bye. He's definitely having a good time. If, if you've seen any of his Facebook posts, he's having a ball. But, you know, I have taken several people up there over the years. This is, this is the 20th year this has been going on. Wow. Rob is the only one that has come back. More than once, he he blended in seamlessly with this this group of folks, which is from all over. There's people from Ohio, New York State that come down all over the Carolinas, that's North and South, uh, Virginia, and um, Rob Rob blends in well, very nicely with these guys, and uh, I'm I'm glad he could carry on the tradition without me. Good deal. Yeah, I've never been invited, but we'll just we'll go past that later. <laughs> I never had the opportunity to go once, much less twice. All right, so we're in the Midwest now. Who's going first? <clears throat> I guess it's you. you Let the man you of the hour. It's his place. The man driving. He, he gets to right. go first. Um, I think you get to South Dakota before you get to Wyoming. Well, so go ahead. All right. So um, I called a friend of mine. I I got my three. I got my Eastern, my um, my Rio Grande, and my Osceola, and uh, Jeff McCamey recommended that I call this man in South Dakota. Uh, so I called him. His name is Johnny Simons. He's a cattle farmer. He's got uh, 40,000 acres. About this time, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good, you know, that, that, that I can do this. And uh, we go out there. We get up about 4 in the morning, and he's got a 1970 uh, International Scout. And you start it with an Allen wrench. And it's rusted out and just 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 a piece um, beyond you know restoration. And we go out. And he takes me to what he calls a quadrant. And the way he operates, if you hunt the first part of the season there, nobody will hunt that section the rest of the season. If you hunt the last week of season, nobody will have been on that property you hunt. So I open up this gate, um, and when I open up the gate, I hear turkeys gobbling. Well, I eased back to the, the international. I said, Mr. Johnny, they're gone. I know, Don. Yeah, come on. Let's go. I said, no, Mr. Johnny, you don't understand. They're, they're just right up here. I know. Come on, Don. Get in, get in the car. I said, Mr. Johnny, I don't mean to be disrespectful. Don, get your ass in the car. <laughs> 
I didn't know if I was and allowed to say that. I'm you, just you telling can. you what happened. They I'm just good. telling you what happened. So anyway, I'm and now I, I, I'm flushed. I tell you our producer was out there getting caught. Right. He goes, man, I'm glad that's all he said. Yeah. <laughs> so now I'm a little flustered because I, we're going to blow it. But I, I open this, you know, rusted gate, and he goes through, and I close it, and we're driving down, and I just know, I just know we're going to blow it. And uh, he said, Don, them birds are right there in that tree. So we go around an old um, hay shed. He said, Don, there's a fire break right up there. You need to get in there. There's going to be one Tom. He's going to come around the corner. He's going to have a lot of hens, and then all the other Toms are going to come around to the right. And I thought, how, how does he know all that? There's no way he knows that. Well, sure enough, and I had a guy with me, a young uh, teenager with me that Jeff had asked me to take. Sure enough, we get sat down, and sure enough, it's daylight, and we're looking at that tree, and there's 49 birds in that one tree. And sure enough, here come the toms, and, and it's surround sound. There's turkeys gobbling everywhere. So sure enough, we line up on the left side, and sure enough, that one tom pops out with all them hens, and he comes within about 15 yards, and we can't do nothing because we're stuck. And uh, Nick wound up shooting a bird, and then I shot mine uh, uh, the next day, and um, we stayed in the guy's basement. He fed us, uh, but there was there was turkeys everywhere. The easiest of all my hunts was my Merriam's, um, and and they gobbled they gobbled all day. They gobbled all night just constant keith you got about four minutes just so you know okay i'll try to try to get finished in four minutes um maybe four years ago or so uh i started talking about going out and getting the the miriams um and i had uh, let me back up i may have to run into the next segment but i had been up in nebraska on another hunt and uh, by the nwtf boundaries it qualified as a Miriam's, and uh, I kind of bailed out of the truck. We could see one in the field and dropped off in the draw and called him over and shot him. Um, but he wasn't real white. You know, he looked mm-hmm. like a hybrid of some sort. Mm-hmm. And my wife was all happy. She said, oh, you got your grand slam. I said, no, this doesn't count. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I get to keep hunting. And, right. and I remember that feeling like, no, I can keep on hunting. So anyway, I did. So uh, uh, a couple of buddies I worked with, uh, we jumped in the truck and we drove up to wyoming and we hunted around uh northeast wyoming around the uh, devil's tower area Mm -hmm. beautiful country up there both of those guys got a bird it was the hardest hunt i've ever done i would hunt from daylight until dark and it gets daylight early and stays daylight a long time up there i was physically exhausted and one morning they were done so they were out sightseeing and i was out there turkey hunting i'm going to get me one it might have been the last morning and it was colder than I expected, and I'm sitting there shivering in the early morning dark, and the sun pops up over this ridge, and I'm sitting up against a pine tree facing east, and that warm sun hits me, and I go to sleep. I don't know how long I've been asleep, but a turkey gobbled, and it couldn't have been 15 yards behind oh, me, and it gobbled and woke me up, and I jumped, <laughs> and I heard the turkey putt behind me. I knew he'd saw me when I jumped, because I physically jumped when he gobbled. So that was probably my best opportunity. So I came home without a turkey, highly disappointed. And, and uh, I remember telling Tony that was the hardest hunt mm-hmm. I've ever done. Uh, fast forward a couple of years, I went back by myself, uh, got up there, went to this area where my buddy, I've got a buddy that lives up in that part of the country, said there may be birds here. Drove out there, uh, 
late in the evening. I, I drove all the way from Tennessee up there. Got up there late evening. Birds were gobbling. They're roosted right up there. So I went to bed, got up the next morning, 30 minutes too late. Got out there. Uh, it was already 30 minutes past daylight. They'd already flown down. I went running into the woods and sat down just, you know, not too far off the public road and made a call, mm. and they gobbled just mm. right over mm. the, a little draw. And I'm frantically looking for a tree to sit on and, and get my gun up, and this red head pops up, and, and I shot the turkey. I hadn't been in the woods five minutes. Wow. So the Merriam's was my toughest hunt and my easiest hunt. There you go. Easier than the Florida one? It was easy. <laughs> <laughs> I probably spent a total of 25 minutes in the woods that trip. Wow. In and out. And, yeah. All right. So the U.S. is done. The Grand Slam is done. Got it done. Now we got to go down into South America or yep. Mexico. Which one are we going to do? Mexico. It's all Mexico. Oh, it's all Mexico. Okay, yeah. I thought it was a further south. Nope. Okay. Just South Mexico. Yep, South Mexico <laughs> and North Central Mexico, I guess. All right. That's what we'll uh, we'll be going to Mexico then. All right. Tony Sanders Outdoors, we'll be right back. You get your goo. Are you a member of the National Rifle Association? If not, why? No other organization in this country fights for your rights like the NRA. In the current environment, our rights under the Second Amendment are being attacked every day. While we in the South may feel comfortable, that is not the case all across America. The NRA is taking up the fight for you, and you need to be a part. Join the over 5 million men, women, and children who are members of the NRA. Go to TonySandersOutdoors.com and click on the Join NRA link. Don't wait too late. If you're looking to target your product or service to the outdoor community, Tony Sanders Outdoors can help. Nearly one-third of the radios are tuned to Tony Sanders Outdoors on Saturday mornings from 5 to 7 a.m. Whether it's a recorded commercial, live reads, remote broadcast, or product endorsements, Tony and Rob can help. Give us a call at 423-280-3677 to discuss your advertising needs. Tony Sanders Outdoors, your outdoor advertising solution. 423-280-3677. Attention landscapers and lawn care specialists. Your customers want a green, healthy lawn, right? Are the products you're using getting the job done? Beatty Fertilizer in Cleveland specializes in customized fertilizer blends that will have your customers' lawns looking like a golf course fairway. The pros at Beatty Fertilizer in Cleveland are the experts in lawn care. So when you choose Beatty Fertilizer products, your customers and your competition will take notice. Guaranteed. Beatty Fertilizer, 472-5491, 472-5491, or online at BeattyFertilizer.com. All right, welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors. I have no idea what we decided we were going to do. You picked your show. We're here with you. I think that's how it went, wasn't it? Yeah, he yeah. told, us, he said, told right? us he was going to pick. It's my show, right? Um, where are we going? Was it oscillated? Or Goulds. Your show? Which one's the long story, you? <laughs> My long story is a Goulds. I know. You guys can't have the same birds long and short. Yeah. All right. So we're going to do, I think we're going to do the oscillated. My oscillated is probably the longer story. Okay. So you're going to do your long one and then short one and then flip it. That's fine. All right. Here we go. All right. So uh, uh, jump a plane, head to Mexico, uh, elected not to take a shotgun because of 
problems we talked about before the show. Uh, like going to jail in Mexico? Yeah, yes. yeah, sorts of things like that. So I get there, and they've got a nice Benelli semi-auto. Uh, they give me a choice of 12 or 20-gauge, and I select a 12. Uh, so typical fashion, I get a 20. That's what I carry. <laughs> and uh, and uh, inch and... Inch, inch and, and three-quarter. Inch and three-quarter shells. I'm like, okay, let's go turkey hunting. I've never... I... Uh, so anyway, uh, the, never first, heard of that. the first day we went out, uh, and we were there way before daylight. Uh, we walk in about two kilometers back in the jungle, and uh, just about daylight, we hear them start singing. And, uh, singing? Singing. We'll no, have they to don't talk, gobble. We'll have to talk about their, their okay. it's their equivalent of a gobble. It's kind of a drum right. chuckle sound. I don't know. I've got one on my phone. Maybe we'll try to play it into the microphone, okay. see sure. if we can hear it later. Uh, and, uh, so we set up, uh, you know, in the, in the jungle, made a little quick blind. We had an electronic caller <clears throat> and we started calling to this bird <clears throat> and, uh, he gobbled for a while, flew down and, and went quiet and we sat there and about every 10 minutes we would call again. And, uh, I'm sitting just stone steel cause I am determined I'm going to get this turkey and, uh, I hear behind me the leaves rustle, and you can hear a turkey run. You just know what it is. And I turned around and looked, and we had two guides with me. And one was back there running the uh, electronic collar, and the turkey had swung around and came in behind us and, and busted us. This guy moved or something. So that hunt was over, and, and uh, next day we go in to the same place. Uh, and uh, one guy's carrying a shotgun. I've got the shells in my pocket. One guy's carrying the collar. And we get up there, and there's three birds gobbling around us. I mean, we are right in the middle of them, mm. and everybody's like, all right. So that I get the shotgun, I pull the shell out of my pocket, drop it in, and it disappears. And I look at that shotgun, and, and actually I put the second shell in, and, and I start looking, well, where in the world did they go? And then I realize I've got a pocket full of 20-gauge shells, oh, and I've got no. a 12-gauge shotgun in my hand. <laughs> And we're two kilometers back in the jungle. And uh, the little Mayan guide actually tried to take leaves and twigs and wrap around <laughs> that 20-gauge shell <laughs> and stuff All it right. down in that barrel and make it stick enough where the firing pin would hit it. And after about three or four attempts, I, I blew him off. I said, no, you know, it's, not, it's just a turkey. It's not worth it. Let's go back and get the right gun. So that day was blown. We ended up sitting around the field edge calling and didn't see anything. Uh so I guess this is the third or fourth day, and, and things are getting pretty tight. Uh, we'd killed one bird in camp. Mm. There were birds out there. We could hear them, but we just couldn't get on them. And we hunted hard all day. Uh, they'll take hammocks out into the jungle and sit in these hammocks, and I think that's to keep your feet up off of the jungle floor so you don't get ants and ticks and everything crawling up on you so bad. So we sat in these hammocks all day. Late in the evening, uh, we got up and started putting our hammocks away, and I think I, my hearing's not all that great, but I think I could hear better than my little Mayan guide, and I heard one off in the distance. And uh, I'm like, you know, pointing and saying, you know, because we, neither one of us could understand each other's language, so we, everything was by sign language, right, all our communication. Right. And I'm pointing, and, and you know, mm-hmm. he understands what I'm talking about. And he kind of gives this, like, it's in the evening and it's hopeless and he does a fly, you know, like if we walk up, it's going to fly away. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm like, what have we got to lose? He said, let's go. Let's go. So I, I encourage him, and he's like reluctantly, okay, let's go. So off we go, and this bird's gobbling on his own, and uh, or whatever that, singing. I'll call it mm-hmm. singing on his own. And we go busting through the jungle, uh, and it's getting dark. Uh, it never did get so dark that we had to use a headlight. But it was, you know, every now and then you'd get slapped in the face with a limb or something. It was getting pretty dark. And we got up really close to a very slight little ridge, maybe a 15, 20-foot high little ridge in the jungle. And we could tell he was up there, but couldn't locate him exactly. Um, so the guy whistles. The, the hen whistles. Mm-hmm. Almost a mm-hmm. something just about mm-hmm. like that. And he did that a couple times, and the bird cut loose. And he took about three more steps and motioned. He had it up in the tree. Now, we'll talk a little bit mm-hmm. about, you know, mm-hmm. the, the tree thing. Uh, so I ease up, perfect silhouette of this bird standing up, head exposed, probably 30 yards. And I level the 20-gauge on him and knock him right out of the tree. And, and uh, the guy grabs the bird up off the ground, and he is just happy. He's jumping up and down and jabbering in Spanish. And I, I understand later that this never happens. They never kill one in a tree at night. Right. It just doesn't happen. But we did. Mm-hmm. You know, so never give up, I guess, is the is the moral of that story. Uh, and he's holding it up and, and weighing it in his hand and going, grande, grande. So it's a big bird. Uh, you asked me on my Facebook about how long were the spurs. Mm-hmm. So I'm waiting for this guy. He's sta- holding its head and standing on its feet, and he's saying, plumage, plumage. So he's trying to protect the plumage from getting damaged with the bird doing the death flop. So once the bird expires, I pull it up and, and look, this bird has no spurs. Oh, no. Yeah. One of those rare things that happen. Yeah. One has a little nub about a quarter inch long, and one is just slick as this table broke off. Not, I don't think it ever had one. Really? It might have broken off when it was very young, but my consensus was I just he genetically didn't have any. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Don, <laughs> is yours that way? No, mine's two and a quarter. My spurs. I, I shot a big bird. He two weighed twelve. And a quarter. Yeah, he was the biggest bird shot. He was uh, twelve pounds. Most of the birds we shot were nine to ten okay. pounds. A lot smaller than yeah. But he Eastern. weighed he weighed twelve, and he had two and a quarter inch spurs. Wow, those are some. That's some. That's some pointy objects. It's, there. it's impressive. Well, half, half of his mass was spurs. Yes. No beard. They don't have a beard. Okay. There's no beard on them. Now, was your hunt very hard? or? Uh, well, again, I went with Shane Smith, and, and the deal was that you know I was going to help Shane and the other guys. We went with a guy that actually is part owner in the Kentucky Derby. Okay. And uh, had another guy, a guy named Terry out of Birmingham. And so we got out there, and uh, the, the thing for me, when you fly into Mexico City and you get off the plane, you got all these – federales there with all these guns and and i don't know that they like us as much as we think they do uh that was an entertaining day but we were able to get back we go into campeche we get on a suzuki samurai uh and then they had a truck behind us and we went two and a half hours into the jungle is where we were where camp was and you get up early in the morning three four o'clock and what they want to do is they want to take you out get you close to where they think the birds are, where they've roosted them the night before, and they want you to shoot them out of the tree, which is that's their common practice. That's 90% of how they hunt them because nobody knows to call them. 
Well, we had decided we were going to take these electronic callers. And uh, we went out the first morning. What was happening, the, the bird will make a, it's almost like a grouse drumming sound. Right. And he starts off, it's just a don't, 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 don't. And then it's a and back down. Well, we couldn't, we couldn't do but the whole sequence. I think Keith's got it there somewhere. But um, I've got to turn my volume up on my right, phone. All right. That's it, dead on. So we hear this. So we take our electronic caller, and it runs through the whole sequence. And we had shot a bird that first morning, but that was about it. Well, we were sitting in camp, and uh, we noticed that these turkeys would would drum. They would just do a dump, dump, dump. So we're in camp, and um, I heard it in camp. And I told Shane, I said, I've just heard a bird. Well, we looked over to the ladies that were cooking under the tent, and they had taken a water jug and flung it over the top of the tent and made that exact sound. So I ran and got one. They had 20 or 30 of them just piled up out there. So I went and got it, and we figured out how to hit that thing perfect to make that sound. Well, we wound up shooting 13 birds in four days <laughs> off of that water jug. <laughs> every, every bird we heard, we shot. Now, is, is that... That's the jug. That's the, let me, all right, let's show it up to the camera for everybody can see it. So that is that is the jug. That's the jug. And <laughs> what we figured out was we could hold it. And that's what we do. Whatever that bird did, we did. And I had to take one of my shirts and cover it. Okay. So I would sit there and hold it, and when he when he hit, I'd hit. And I just that's kept funny. going back and forth and... Uh, the one guy, the guy from uh, uh, Alabama that we went with, Terry, you know, he's 6'2", 6'3", 360, 70 pounds. He's a big old boy. He had got discouraged. It was too hot. He couldn't handle it, and, and he was done. And I went to him, and that's why we called that thing Big Boy. We called Terry Big Boy, and the, the Mayans called him Big Boy. I said, you go with me in the morning. We're going to get you a bird. You know, we're feeling pretty confident because of the success. And uh, sure enough, uh, we went out that next morning. He was the last bird shot. And Terry got one. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty cool. On water yug. On a, on a water jug. All right. So we're going to go take our, our break here. And then the last bird we're going after is the Gould. Gould. Man, this has been a trip around the world. <laughs> For those of you that don't realize uh, or... I'm really bad about saying this. Sitting here with 40%, think about that, of the people in Hamilton County that have gotten the World Slam of Turkeys. That's pretty impressive, guys. Good stuff. I know you kind of downplayed it, but that's pretty impressive. Yeah. We'll be right back. Tony Sanders Outdoors. Well, every spring for five long years I've been chasing down the same long beard. It's get up early and I get... Like a good neighbor is not just a saying, it exactly describes my friend Rodney Allen. For nearly 20 years, my family has relied on Rodney for all of our insurance needs. He's been there when my kids were learning to drive, when my wife had been hit by a few deer, and when I needed life insurance to protect my family, as well as when my grandson was born. As you can see, he's not just our agent, he's part of our life. Rodney Allen, 423-847-3881. Like a good friend, Rodney will be there for your family too. 423-847-3881. Attention, Lance. 
landscapers and lawn care specialists. Your customers want a green, healthy lawn, right? Are the products you're using getting the job done? Beatty Fertilizer in Cleveland specializes in customized fertilizer blends that will have your customers' lawns looking like a golf course fairway. The pros at Beatty Fertilizer in Cleveland are the experts in lawn care. So when you choose Beatty Fertilizer products, your customers and your competition will take notice. Guaranteed. Beatty Fertilizer, 472-5491, 472-5491, or online at BeattyFertilizer.com. If you need any outdoor supplies, there's only one place to go, Sportsman's Warehouse. They have all the equipment you need, as well as a friendly, knowledgeable staff to assist you. If you want a firearm, then check out the thousands of guns they have on the shelf. If you don't see one you want, go to sportsmanswarehouse.com. Choose from over 6,700 models they have, and they will ship it directly to the store. Everyday low prices, no shipping charges, and no processing fees. Sportsman's Warehouse, the great indoors for those who love the great outdoors. Highway 153 and Lee Highway. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors. Been talking world slam of turkeys all morning. We're down to the last one. We're in Mexico, honey. And we're going after the ghoul. Right? Right. All right. So, Keith, you said yours was short. Yeah. I'm going to hold you to it this time. Okay. I'm going to poke you. I'm going to let Don Don go, so I'll be forced to be short. Well, mine's just about a book. uh, Okay. But those that know, that was the last bird I needed from a world slam. Um, I had a friend of mine, Jim Parker, uh, who I've competed against for years on the calling contest circuit, and I've never beat Jim, ever. Uh, he would finish first in the state. I'd finish second. His son, um, Joel, was a grand national champion, had been on Jay Leno and all that stuff. And um, the the September, October before the grand nationals, uh, Joel had been killed in a car wreck. And I told my son-in-law, I said, I want to go to the Grand Nationals, but I, I just want to see Jim. I could care less. I'm not going to call. I'm not going to do anything. I walked into the uh, uh, the registration booth, and uh, I'm filling out my paperwork, and I turn around, and Jim Parker's looking at me. He started crying. I started crying. We talked about Joel. He asked if I had any trips scheduled, and I said, well, I do. I said, I'm going after my slam, my world slam. Um, I'm going to get my gould. He said, that's on my bucket list. And I said, why don't you go with me? And uh, so we worked it out, and uh, there was two other guys supposed to go, and they both backed out, so it's me and Jim. So we fly to Durango, Mexico. We go up to 9,200 feet. And I remember this. uh, The guide picked us up in a Ford Bronco that had three different colored hubcaps on it. And at the bottom of the mountain, he would flash his lights. I never knew what that meant. But he flashed his lights, and then we take off. Well, what that meant was it was a one-lane road, and he flashed his lights, so somebody up top knew he was coming. They did it coming down. So we get up there, and um, the next morning I get up. I'm okay, and about an hour later, I get elevation sickness. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm toast. I go out with Jim that morning, and I'm laying down on the tree. Uh, Jim shoots a double-bearded bird. Life's good. I go home or go back to the camp. I get in bed, and I don't get out. I'm, I'm, I've got a fever. I'm, I'm done. Jim goes out that evening and uh, says, I'm, I'm not hunting no more until you can go. I said, okay. What I didn't tell you was Jim told me at the Grand Nationals, I'm going to make you a call in memory of Joel. I said, okay. That's what I'm going to kill my gould with. 
So when we get into camp that night, the first night, he pulls out all of his world champion turkey calls, you know, the whole bit. And I don't have nothing. I have nothing in my vest. I have nothing in my bag. He says, where's your calls? I said, I didn't bring a call. You told me you were making a call for me in memory of Joel. He said, well, I got it. And I said, well, that's what I'm using. You didn't bring a mouth call. I said, I didn't bring nothing. So sure enough, I got the call, and he just looked at me. Sure enough, we go out the, the second day, and um, I was able to kill a bird. I killed a monster. A turkey anatomy, a, a Tom's supposed to have 18 tail feathers. Mine had 19. He had 49 hens with him. One Tom, 49 hens. I was able to pull the trigger. We decided to go out that afternoon. Jim wants to shoot his second bird, and uh, Jim leaves his vest back at the camp. So we go out, and the deal is I'm supposed to call, and he's going to shoot. So we get birds in the in the area, and we know they're gobbling and stuff. And he says, hit your call. I said, I ain't got a call. What do you mean you ain't got a call? I said, I told you when I shot that bird, that call's done. I'll never use it again. I'm putting it up. I left it back at camp. <laughs> and now we're stuck, you know, because he can't get his call out of his pockets. There's birds out there. He's looking at them, and uh, he's cussing me because we can't call these birds up. So I have to reach my hand in his pocket to get his mouth calls, which I that was my intent all along. I wanted some of them super-duper snooper turkey calls. And uh, sure enough, I reached my hand in his pocket, got the calls out, started calling, and he shot his second bird. And then we came home. Interesting. Keith, was yours as elevation sickness in the whole bit? You know, I'm normally bothered by elevation. Uh, this trip, it didn't bother me. I'm surprised. We left uh, Campeche at about, what, 300 feet, mm -hmm. 100 degrees, 110 degrees, and uh, went up very uh, close to where Don was, just south of Durango, uh, in a little place called uh, Balapariso uh, in the mountains. And it, we were at 9,300 9, feet, oh. same, same thing. The valley is at uh, 6,000 feet, 5,000, 6,000 feet. But I didn't get altitude sickness. Uh, beautiful mountains up there. Uh, a fairly short hunt. I killed mine the second morning. Uh, the first day, uh, we had some close calls. Um, saw and heard a lot of birds. They're very vocal. All day long, you could hear hens, and every now and then you'd hear a gobble. Uh, the canyon lands, you know, would echo back. Mm -hmm. you, could, you could just hear forever up there, uh, quiet, no road noise. Um, one on that first morning, in particular, maybe late morning, uh, we got on one, and... Uh, we couldn't call him in. He was back and forth, back and forth. So me and the little guide started easing up towards him, and we're side by side, kind of crawling up under these pinion pine trees and all that. And uh, he hits the ground flat. I'm like, well, he sees one, so mm -hmm. I hit the ground flat. And he pulls his head around and motions, and I kind of raise my head up and look, and right over the top of his head is this big tom. <laughs> And I'm about 10 feet from him. And I'm like, there's no way I can shoot right over the top of his head. So I go inching over towards him, and I lay my shotgun up across his back. And he puts his fingers up in his ears. <laughs> and all this motion, the time he catches us, sure. he's gone. So uh, that was a blown opportunity, but very close. I mean, I was within seconds of pulling the trigger on a real nice time. And the next morning, uh, 
we get up and sit up on this beautiful mountaintop. Uh, the sun comes up, just a gorgeous sunrise. And I was telling Don, I said, it's more about the places I've been, the people yeah. I've met, than it is necessarily just the turkeys that I've killed. And, and it was one of those mornings sure. where you watch God's sun come up Absolutely. in the morning, wake up, beautiful. Uh, unfortunately, there were no turkeys right around us. Uh, we thought we would be right in the middle of them. But there was one uh, several hundred yards off, and, and we went after him. And, and a little bit of the chasing and hearing the hens and cutting them off and, and positioning ourselves. And, and I blew it once. I moved, and, and the hens busted me, so we had to make an end around and try again. But later in the morning, uh, this time comes strutting in with, I, don't, I didn't count the hens. Mm-hmm. Uh, at this point, this was my last bird to complete my world slam, and he wasn't getting away. Right. The first good shot opportunity I had, I took him, you know, and there was a guy with me wanting to video, and I said, I'm sorry, right. I'm going to shoot that bird. That's right, you know? that's right. <laughs> and uh, he had a bunch of hens, probably in the 30 or 40 yeah. hens. Yeah, So, uh, and I thought, well, when I, when I complete that slam, I'm going to let out a war hoop, but I didn't. Yeah. I sat there very silently and contemplated what had just happened and, right. and just kind of soaked in the experience, and I'm sort of still in shock. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Way cool. Way cool. All right. Final break of the morning. We'll be right back. Tony Sanders Outdoors. Sportsman's Warehouse is a perfect place to shop for all your outdoor equipment. No matter the season, Sportsman's Warehouse friendly staff and knowledgeable experts can assist you in finding what you need for your adventure. If you're a hunter, angler, boater, hiker, camper, or need clothing or shoes, Sportsman's Warehouse has just what you need. If you're looking for a firearm, Sportsman's Warehouse has over a 1,000 guns in the store. Now, if you don't see one you want, you can go to sportsmanswarehouse.com and select from over 6,700 guns offered online. Then you can have it shipped directly to the store, everyday low prices, no shipping charges, and no processing fees. Don't forget to sign up and register for the Sportsman's Warehouse loyalty card. This will give you points towards gift cards and special promotions, as well as keeping you informed of upcoming events. Be sure to like them on Facebook for prizes, promotions, as well as things happening at the store. The place to shop for all your outdoor needs. Sportsman's Warehouse. The great indoors for those who love the great outdoors. Highway 153 and Lee Highway. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors wrapping it up this Saturday morning. This has been fun, man. I have been all over the world. Good stuff. Living vicariously through you, through your turkeys, and I got my one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, hey, I am 18% of the way there. That's right. <laughs> Since Carter's making reference to my, my numbers, this. Yeah. 18%. Here we go. No, that's pretty exciting. It's This has been really cool. Thanks for having us. Uh, it's It just it worked out. I'm so glad both of you come in here. I mean, it just... Uh, I was I was following Keith, and I knew about his trip, and sure. I, I didn't even. When did you finish yours? Two thousand ten. Okay, so and you just finished yours a couple uh, weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, week and a half ago. Um, wow. So you ready to go for, for number two? There's it, some guy. I was I was looking through the list. And there's some guy that's done it a couple times, and one yeah. guy done it three or four times. Right. And, you know, and that's awesome. That's sure. great. But I'm I'm the kind of person that'll find something else to do. I I doubt they'll ever do it again. Uh, it was neat and cool, but yeah. I'm on to something else. If if which which bird would you like to go after again? Not counting the eastern, since that's in your backyard. 
Is there any of them that just really matters? Well, I, I really love Wyoming, and, okay. and I love yeah. the countryside okay. there, so I might go back up there. I've, I've contemplated Don, what about it. you? It'd be the Merriams. Okay. Yeah, so I, I, I don't have an interest in trying to do it again. I do want my uh, son-in-law lacks the Merriams getting his World Slam. I'm sorry, his Grand Slam. Okay. And then I'm sure the grandson's, you know, going to want to do that uh, soon. So I'm more interested in him getting his Grand Slam than me getting a, another slam. And I would go with somebody if they needed help, you know, and ask me to go. I'll do that in a heartbeat, but I don't care to pull the trigger again. Interesting. Maybe you never know. Let's load up and go. I'll go in a heartbeat. <laughs> I, I'm I, I'm going to work to the Grand, okay? Because the, the, the Florida... That's pretty cool. That's easy hunting. Uh, maybe go get the Wyoming one. Yep. In Texas. Texas. That, from from this point, after you've got the Eastern, it, it's all fun. The Rio, the Merriams, and the and uh, uh, Osceola, it, it's just fun. I mean, it's a lot of gobbling, a lot of activity. It, it's just good hunting. Yep. Any of that interests you, Carter? Shoot, yeah, man. <laughs> if turkey season didn't correspond with earning a living season for me. You know, we have to cram everything we do into a few short months. I'm sure. So we can. The the good thing about retirement is you have time. The bad thing about retirement is you're normally older and your joints are stiff. Yeah. So, so. <laughs> how did how did the, the 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 joints hold up in in the mountains of Mexico? Did well. Good. Because you were a little concerned. I I took a little uh, anti-inflammatories on the way. You know, I kind of <laughs> I I took precautions. Guys, this has been fun. I mean, it really has. Um, I appreciate this more than you realize. It's good been, stuff. I've it, had fun. We'll uh, we'll get this out there on the podcast, and I'll get you guys a recording of it as well. But it's when you think about the last two hours, which listen, it's been an easy show for me. I just yeah. I, I I picked where we were going, or let you guys pick, and I shut up. It's really I like that. Well, we could do another four hours on failures. Uh, absolutely, oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> and it's all some. part of it. Hey, don't forget, guys, Sportsman's Warehouse is having their Memorial Day sale uh, now. Get out there. Go get uh, whatever you need, whether it's camping, 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 camping. <laughs> I better give up while we're at it. Well, Fishing, camping, you name it, they got it. Sportsman's Warehouse has it. They are awesome. Get over there, Highway 153 and Lee Highway, and they will definitely take care of you. Tell them Tony Sanders sent you. We'll see you next week. Tony Sanders Outdoors. Hunting, fishing, loving every day. That's the prayer that a country boy prays. Thank God. You have been listening to a podcast of the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoor Show. Please subscribe to our service to get updated shows weekly throughout the year. Like us on all the social medias to keep up with what's going on on Tony Sanders Outdoors.